This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good afternoon, Ross Fletcher. Good afternoon, Gregor. <laughs> Joining me via <laughs> Skype because I have a broken down car in the shop. I couldn't make Rubbish. it over. To, I couldn't make it over to Daddy Daycare today. I apologize. Your kid's gonna have to watch itself, I guess, or something. Kinda, yeah. If you start screaming, then you'll know she's woken up, and I'll tell her that it's all about your car. And she'll she'll understand. She's two now. She's fine. She gets most things. She's moving on up in the world. It's about time she learns yeah. some adult lessons. She could probably fix your car. Actually, she's a smart cookie. What's wrong with it? Uh, there's a light that's on that I don't understand, and then like the the front the front left part goes when I'm breaking, and then uh, and then uh, and just needs an oil change. So there you go. But it but it still moves, right? Even though it goes. Yeah, it's only when I'm braking at high speed. So that's. Oh, okay. Well, what about if you didn't do 85 miles an hour on the freeway and just did like 55? Do you guys have? Would it be all right? Do you guys have a concept of what the Wild West is like in England? Is that a? Because I'm from there, and the, the idea. Of, I well, yeah. The idea of going not 85 on the highway is preposterous it's to me. Anathema. I, I'm well, from I went Mad to, Max. I went to. I've been to Tombstone. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah, absolutely, it does. That's like right outside of Tucson, where I lived for 10 years. Yeah, that was awesome. That's about as wild as it gets, right? Yeah, they've, they've really maintained that town to make sure that it stays with that same creepiness. Yeah, it is pretty creepy. It's like you drive in <laughs> on the little little kind of modern road, and then next door is this weird kind of dusty street with all the, the 1800s gold rush houses on it, and then blokes dressed up in leather chaps or whatever it is uh, with, with six-shooters unnervingly holstered to their hips. Um I love it. So, yeah, um, I kind of know what the Wild West is, but... Uh, I mean, you have John oh, Wayne yeah, movies, um, I guess, right? Say, say say what? You have John Wayne movies that you watch from America, I'm sure, at yeah, some point. Yeah, kind Yeah, I was kind of the generation after that, though. We'd moved on to Back to the Future, uh, when it was all about it was all about 88 miles an hour then, not 85 miles an hour. I'm, I'm getting there, Ross. I, I mean, come on, I'm self-conscious about this. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about your broken down car, and Me I wish too. you the best of not having a one thousand dollar repair bill future ahead of you. Oh man, we'll see. I'm not. I don't hold out much hope. <laughs> no. Well, At least we'll get the we'll, uh, get we'll get the sweet airline miles though. I'll put it on the credit card. We'll get some uh, some airline miles. I'll be traveling around the world before you know it. What? Hang on. So when your car is in the shop, 
you just fly everywhere. <laughs> that's not that's not exactly the what I was trying to say now. <laughs> so when you go to work, you get somebody to pick you up in a chopper or something like that. I mean, I am a morning radio host. I don't know what you think well, that we do. <laughs> yeah, so I don't get this. So when your car is in the shop, yeah. you'll just fly places. No. Well, like if you need to get from your house to Ballard, yeah. you'll get a plane to Portland and then one back from Portland to Seattle that will land in like the water in the Monday cut or something and then you'll mosey on up like that. I know that the English pound is a lot stronger than the American dollar, but I have a feeling that in England you guys have credit cards and airline miles. Yeah. Yeah. But I still don't... I, still, I think I'm missing something here. Yeah, so I pay for the $1,000 bill on my credit card and then, oh. I, and then I get those miles... Oh, there I was naively thinking you were just going to switch to a jet plane when your car wasn't working. I'm actually hoping to turn into a transformer and just be able to transform into a into a jet and then shoot lasers. Don't get us going again on transformers. We spent far too much. Far too much. That's very sounded very much like me. That did. That's weird. Yeah, funny that. No, we spent far too much time talking about transformers, didn't we, last week? There we go. I sound um, like that guy. So the re- whole reason I have to get my car fixed right now that it's so important is that it's Memorial Day weekend this weekend. And um, I-, I feel like there's a lot of like wacky American holidays that we have that you probably learned about on the job, essentially. Um, and Yeah. While there's I still a- don't know all of them. Well, my wife doesn't either. But, and then she was saying to me this week, hang on. I've got Monday off. And I don't quite know why. <laughs> and then we figured it out. It's like, oh, it's Memorial Day. Oh, that's nice. So, this yeah, is, bonus. This is one of those, though, where it's for, you know, for people that uh, fought in wars and passed. And so in memorandum of them, that's that's cool. And I'm sure you have Remembrance Day in uh, in the in the UK and Canada. So it's like something similar to that, that's, which is cool. It's I think most people identify it as like the beginning of summer, which is also awesome. Maybe not around here, but... It's um it's a three day weekend though and so my buddy he went and scheduled his bachelor party for this weekend so I'm gonna be out causing trouble for four days Ross twenty dudes what? one one cabin twenty dudes four days and a Wookie H- hang on twenty days no twenty dudes no. twenty twenty days four guys no <laughs> how do you fit twenty guys into one cabin are you literally sleeping on top of each other no i think that there's a oh i gotta find my sleeping bag they asked me to bring one ah crap oh no (laughs) it sleeps 13 comfortably and then the other seven what your sleeping bag does (laughs) (laughs) that's a big sleeping bag dude (laughs) at least all that body warmth will keep you nice and snug (laughs) <laughs> the world's biggest sleeping bag. <laughs> bag. Who needs who needs a cabin when you've got a giant sleeping bag, eh? Yeah, is that what, sleep in the woods? Do you guys camp in England? Yeah, you have to be a bit sad though to camp in England. Like you have to be at Silverstone for the F one race. <laughs> or you just have to be a little bit meh when it comes to vacations because everybody can vacation so easily in Europe. I just fly there so easily. It doesn't matter if your car's broken down or not; you still fly. <laughs> and um, it's just so easy to do that that if people camp, I'm a bit like, what are you doing? It's like £10 to fly to Paris. Just fly to Paris. Don't sit miserably in a tiny tent on some cliffs overlooking some waves on a, on a half-ass beach on the east of England. I'm like, seriously? Go and enjoy some proper culture and stay in a damn hotel. 
Wow, that's uh, this, your encouragement for the rest of the world is incredible. I, I love this. I, yeah, like we're so far away from everything here in Seattle that like you have to pay a fortune. Like I'm trying to get home to see my dad in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it's like five hundred and fifty dollars round trip, man. And I'm like, well, not doing that. <sighs> that so. is nuts. Because I was back in Europe the other week, and we flew from London to a vacation place in Greece, like four hours away. It was like a hundred bucks to get there. And that's quite a lot, actually. Wow. So America becomes smaller. And you, 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 you raise a, a slight tangential point for me about the size of this country. I just got my flights through to go to uh, Rio, where I'm covering the Olympics in July and August. And it's a long way to South America and Brazil, naturally. But I didn't expect that it would take me longer to get from one point in the US, i.e. Seattle, down to Miami on a plane than it would to go from Miami to Rio. <laughs> it's taking me what? longer to move between two cities in America than it does to go from America to Brazil. Oh, my God. That's so incredible, dude. I can't even imagine. Um, I mean, ridiculous or what? God, that's fantastic. They should shrink this country. That's what they should do. Well, that's, I mean, you're speaking to the right audience because the people that are all about Cascadia want that to happen. They want it to be, you know, the region of of effectively Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia all packaged into one giant or one much smaller country. And I think you watch the political system right now, and people are so mad at each other all over this country that for the first time ever, I'm like, you know, I kind of think that would make sense to break this big beast up. Yeah, I kind of get that, but it still doesn't make it any quicker to get to New York, does it? They should actually physically get two giant hammers on, on, on different corners of the globe yeah. and get another planet or two. Tie the hammers to a couple of planets okay. and tell the hammers that the planets simultaneously to pull or push or whatever and just squeeze it. How about that? I think that what you're suggesting it might be the biggest scientific achievement of all time. <laughs> and I haven't even been drinking. This is I think I, I've just been going stir crazy all day. Oh my god, you gotta get out of the house a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Toddler gym with a two year old doesn't necessarily <laughs> nourish my intellect. Do you so do you as as dad daycare, do you meet a lot of the other moms then and like hang out with a bunch of like uh, moms and their kids? What are you suggesting? I just don't know how many other dad daycares there are. <laughs> no, that's a good point. No, I just hang out with the moms. Does your wife get um, mad at you? Like you're hanging out with like the hot moms all day and she's like, don't talk to that Karen. I hate her. I just don't tell her, basically. The less you tell her, the less you know. The less she's going to be mad at, really. So I just tell her that basically it's all dad daycares, and there's like probably one or two moms I just don't speak to. Yeah, I mean, no, come you on. can't you you can't avoid it. You are pretty much yeah, pretty much like one of the only daddy daycares. So in little toddler gym this morning, it was all the mums. Um, and then yeah, you go to the park, and there's probably a couple of dads now and again, but. Yeah, you're uh, you're you're in amongst it in a female world. Now, Ross, tell me something. Would you ever consider taking your daughter, now a very robust, two point one years old, and having her be a karate expert? Have you ever considered putting her in karate? Oh, uh, not yet. She does gym, but I guess that's kind of on the way. And when she's on the beam. She does kicks. Yeah. So yeah. maybe she could just morph into it. Yeah, why not? The reason I ask is because I think that for the world, you could do everyone a service by if you did dad-daughter karate class, where both of you learned how to do karate at the same time. I, I'm I'm fully behind this idea. 
Yeah, but then she probably beat me up, and you, that's not a good thing, right? You, you still got size on her, man. Come on. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Is I she going to become like uh, Karate Kid again? Well, I I started doing karate this week, and I want friends to come do oh. it. And so, like, if you, uh, Ross, you and I should do karate class together. Oh my gosh! Imagine the tangle of ungainly legs. It would be in hilarious. Six feet four, six feet five inch <laughs> frames. Dude. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I got first. I got to learn how to do ten push-ups, and then I'm gonna do. Uh, then I'm really gonna take karate seriously. You have to learn how to do push-ups. No, I have to this learn. isn't gonna go well. I have to learn how to do ten push-ups. I I can do three, but like I got to be able to do ten at a time, so I don't embarrass myself in front of the, you know, twelve-year-olds that could do a hundred. Yeah, but the key is not to push too high. Just do it really low. Just kind of get three inches <laughs> off the floor and then go down again and just count like really out loud. Go 67, 68. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. That's incredible. My arms, meanwhile, are just shaking back and forth like my car's front left-hand side, like, ah, chattering away. Well, I've got to say props to you for taking something up. Um, and uh, you, you just want to roll around on a mat with men in white robes, don't you? Well, no, that was jujitsu. I decided not to do that because I didn't want to be choked oh, to death. This is so I can okay. just go yeah! a lot. I do that. I get to do that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I just think that it's sounds per- pretty good. It's all per- right. Sign us up. It's preposterous that uh, like so. It's one-on-one class that I, I do with this uh, with an instructor with Sensei Rachel, <laughs> which I think is hilarious that I have to say Sensei Rachel. <laughs> anyway, um, sensei Rachel or like one of the other uh, the other senseis. They teach me one-on-one and. It never fails that when I go to put my shoes back on and leave, the next client that they have is under the age of seven. Like it's always like, oh, gotta go. Hey, Billy. And then, hey, Greg. <laughs> That's the end of that. And they so. can probably kick you three times as hard as you can kick them. There was a there was a, a boy that was waiting for his session to start, and he was on the side, and I was like finishing my thing, and I've never seen a child look as bored as he was. He must have been nine years old in a purple belt, and just like, oh, you're so bad at this, God. So pretty incredible, Ross. So, I can see I can see mileage in this. I can see apart from you getting black and blue shins and complaining to me every week. Yeah, I can see some real progression. I think there's light at the end of this karate kick tunnel, dude. I, I speaking of karate kicks and black and blue, I definitely bruised the, my right foot pretty good yesterday. So yeah. Well, there you go. I'll come yeah. over and take off um, my shoe next time and show you. It'll be awesome. Yeah, what you got to do is just keep asking me, like all my friends used to ask me, like, uh, and still do, do you want to come and play soccer some, like, six aside this week? I say, ah, oh, maybe next week. Yeah. When I have zero intention of putting on my cleats again. So, yeah, feel free to ask me every week, and I'll come up with new excuses. I'm, gonna but... bring, I'm bringing it to your house, Ross. That's what I'm doing next. Oh, don't bring your tanks on my lawn. Thank you very much. Me and Sensei Rachel are getting in the car and driving up to your place, and we're going to do a home karate lesson with you and your kid. <laughs> we'll stick it on Facebook Live and watch the hits go. Yeah. Look, if a mom in a Chewbacca outfit can get hundreds of millions of people to watch, why couldn't we? Yeah. Uh, dude, you and I doing karate and then and then joking about it the whole time. Dude, will you come to my karate class or when I try and get my yellow belt, will you come and commentate everything? Will you like learn what the moves are called and be like, whew, that was a pretty good three block there. That, that's what I want. Uh, yeah, I could do that. I just make up the moves. It'd probably be even more entertaining than actually learning them. Oh my God, this is gold. I can't wait. I'm going to work so hard to be good at karate so that way you can come and commentate my stupid belt test. The belt tests are not Done. stupid, but my stupidity at the belt test. Wow. We're there. We're absolutely there. Get on it. Get learning. As soon as you've done your 10 push-ups, 
we'll put more firm plans in place. How about that? It's funny. I meet all these people that they're like, oh, I did karate. I'm like, really? They're like, as a kid. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's like an inevitable. All right. Well, um, you know, uh, maybe I'm going to go around to the dojos around Seattle and find out if maybe some of the Sounders players aren't busier uh, practicing karate than they are practicing soccer because it has been a dismal run this season so far. The Sounders second from the last in the Western Conference, not looking so good, and with two games in hand, though, we are behind Portland in the standings at the bottom, which is inexcusable. Yeah, that's not pretty nice to see, is it? No, And you've got to remember, Portland as well is still trying to stick it to Sounders fans. Because they're the reigning champs in MLS. So, yeah, it's not looking too great. And the team below the Sounders, Houston, the only t- team below them in the West, fired their coach the other day. Oh, Owen so Coyle. They're, uh, yeah, Owen Coyle, the Scot, the genial Scot. He's gone. Um, I think they just all got a bit fed up of each other. I mean, his official reason was that he wanted to be closer to his family back in England. And I think they said he was maybe even living out of a, a buddy's house or still living in a hotel into his second year. That'd drive me crazy after like two weeks. Yeah. So, you know, he's gone. So the team below them are making coaching changes. Uh, Sounders are sticking to the plan. And Garth Lagerway, the general manager, was asked about that, whether he'd make a mid-season coaching change, because that's basically his his gig, that's his role, if he feels like he wants to, to move Ziggy Schmidt on, and kind of sidestep the issue and said, well, it'll make all of our jobs, including my job, easier and his job easier if they started winning games again. Well, but duh. as we saw against Colorado at home, they didn't win, so... It's going to make it even more difficult while they continue this run of form. It's crazy, man. I feel like it's a broken record, but we just keep talking about how the Sounders aren't converting in front of the goal, and it's it's the Obafemi Martin syndrome. If there's They've opened this huge gap and not filled it with anyone. Yeah, we keep going back to it because that's the case. They don't really have like a proven goal scorer who could fill the void that Obafemi Martins left. And look, I understand the guy got a great offer from China, but the Sounders could have tried at least uh, if they felt that they wanted to keep him, offer him another new deal. Now the guy had several new deals because he's a bit of a football mercenary, Oba. But at the same time, you could see the value not just in goal scoring, but in entertainment value for the fans with the backflips and the, the little combination plays, the Clint Dempsey, what he brought to your team. And those kind of talents aren't available very, very often. They're very rare. And with him gone, they just didn't replace him. Uh, and, they, and they said that they had five different targets lined up to sign, but they didn't sign any one of those five excuses from the Sounders being that the players that they wanted were involved in in important battles with their current teams and the teams didn't want to let them go. Um, So whether you buy that or not, they haven't been proactive enough in replacing Martins. And yeah, they had chances, didn't they, against Colorado, but they just didn't stick them away. And you've got to do that sooner or later. Or you change the personnel. You can't keep going, harping on about we created chances and didn't finish them. Or say, oh, we just weren't lucky enough today. I mean, that's the the most tired excuse in the book. But 
um, the, the, the harsh reality is they lost at home. They'd had very good home form until then. But something needs to change, and they need to make these forward signings soon. They need, and for my money, they need another striker or two. Uh, and they're looking hard at attacking midfielders. But there's little point in trying to sign an attacking midfielder whose main role is to create for others when you don't have the quality up front to finish those chances. Because they're already creating chances. They're just not sticking them away, are they? Yeah. it's it's Well, and then the, the perfect case for that was watching the second half as Jordan Morris came towards the end of the stadium we sit in, and he was to the bro end, and he, he gets a cross right to the middle, and he does this thing that was really sad the first time we saw it. He leans too far back and pulls a Stephen Hauschka and puts that thing over the goal. <laughs> and that was the beginning of a real dark run for him before he finally found his scoring form several matches later. And I hate to see a replay of that because it looks exactly the same and like we might be inter- like there's a chance of another Morris slump after several games being hot he might go cold now for a while well you hope he won't and, yeah, and he right. did really well to get that four in four run together but he was doing that playing as a central striker then in the fifth game of that run having scored four and four the coach changes his position on the field <sighs> and then funnily enough Morris doesn't score it got reasonably good looks, but if something's working, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and that hasn't helped Jordan Morris, a guy who already has come in with fragile confidence and then scores on this on this run to build it up a bit and then gets put in a different position when he's just building his confidence for a 21-year-old, really? And then, of course, this week there was the, the news of the the Copa, or at least the, the last week or two, of the, the omission from the uh, Copa Centenario squad. So Jordan Morris won't be with the U.S. national team playing in the biggest continental tournament that this country's seen since the 1994 World Cup on these shores because I think Jürgen Klinsmann's seen that his form hasn't been good enough and in, instead he has preferred Chris Wondolowski of San Jose to be on that team. So disappointing for Morris, who's handled it really well, who came out and said, look, I'm going to just work harder about it. It will be sad not to be on the team, but I'll support them. But you just wonder, is that going to light a fire under him to try and go on another goal-scoring run, the omission from the US team? Or will it dent his confidence a bit more? I don't know. I hope it's the former. I hope he gets back on that goal-scoring run. But he's got to be given the best platform to succeed. It's crazy, man, that uh, that anyone is shocked by it because Wondolowski is has scored almost twice as many goals and he's had so many more, so much more experience. Maybe not quite the finisher at the national team level that you would want, but like he's a proven entity. And so for Klinsmann to not bring him, I thought was weird, but to uh, to not have him as on his starting lineup, I get it. Yeah, it's a really interesting conundrum that because they're not the same type of player. They're both forwards. What I would call Wondolowski is is a, is a poacher, a sniffer. He's so good close to goal and just finds space on crosses or through balls and plays off the shoulder of the last defender. And basically, a lot of his his goals are from around six to twelve yards out. He's excellent at finding that space in and around the box. Whereas Jordan Morris likes to to run the channels and he scores, I suppose, a better variety of goals even in his early career. 
than Chris Wondolowski does. And the other thing to remember about Wondolowski is that he's never quite managed to be as prolific on the national team as he is with San Jose. And there was that really bad miss that people unfairly, I think, still give him stick for in the World Cup game uh, down in Brazil where he missed from a yard or two out against Belgium when it would have sealed the game as unlikely as it was for the US to march on towards the quarterfinals. But um, in that regard, Wondolowski is the past. He's in his 30s. Morris at 21 is the future. Yeah. But Klinsman, Klinsman hasn't gone with him, uh, but has gone with, with Christian Pulisic, the 17-year-old starlet from Borussia Dortmund, who really does look to be the future of US soccer, playing regularly now in the Bundesliga, at four years, Morris is junior. And in a way, maybe that's a good thing for Morris in the long term, that there's now another new great white hope for the American soccer media to pin their hopes on rather than the pressure, putting all the pressure on Morris as their, as their next bright young thing. Because as we've seen, Morris has found that, that spotlight difficult to cope with. So it could be a double-edged sword for him that the, the arrival of Pulisic as, as the next great thing takes a bit of focus away from Morris and he uses this, this national team snub as uh, a reason to crack on with the Sounders and show that the U.S.'s loss is Seattle's gain. It's crazy because the Taylor Twelman yelled at the TV for five straight <laughs> minutes about how old the U.S. men's national team is now, and how by the time the World Cup rolls around, you're going to have guys that are all 35 out there, and they're not going to be able to play every three days. And so it's a it's a bit of a, a bit of a mess that he's in right now. That Klinsman is to try and find well, to you, try and develop the talent. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's another great talking point because. You only have to look as far as Clint Dempsey, sounder striker, now heading, you know, 33 woods. This this last kind of cycle of his in the national team, will it extend to Russia in 2018 when he's going to be, what, 35? Will he stay? Well, the idea being, if he, if he isn't going to be in Russia, then you probably say to him now, thanks for everything you've done. You've been a wonderful servant for U.S. soccer, but we're going in a different direction rather than keeping him in the squad. And there's a bit of debate now about whether Dempsey actually has a place in the starting eleven because he's not the future of U.S. soccer, but he's still very capable of making a difference right now. Whether he will be able to in Russia in two years' time is a big, big uh, debating point that we won't honestly know until that time comes around. But... Bobby Wood is a forward who's really emerged in the last season or so, playing in the second division of the Bundesliga for Union Berlin. And he just broke the US goal scoring record in Germany with 17 this season um, and, and eclipsed Connor Casey, who's a battle hardened guy, still trudging the MLS circuit. But Bobby Wood's only, what, I think 22, 23, maybe, maybe even 24. Uh, and um, he has got now a lot of people's minds worrying as to whether he will be the starting guy for the U.S. rather than Dempsey in this Copper America centenario, which is which is hitting our shores in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, lots of really good debating points. Uh, and then with these couple of guys you mentioned, we've mentioned Pulisic and Wood, you have to say where else is the young talent coming through for the U.S.? And a lot of responsibility has to go on the shoulders now of, of MLS clubs to develop that talent. They're certainly putting in more and more resources. They've got to see some fruits of their labor pretty soon because the national team right now 
is just not as competitive as it has been over previous cycles. Great to see DeAndre Yedlin out there. He got a lot of good experience this year, even though he was playing for a bottom-of-the-table Premier League team. Still, he was uh, picked by Big Sam to be out there on the field a lot, and it's interesting he's toned down his image a little bit because I think he got maybe shown what it takes to be at the highest level, and that was not what he had at the time, which is <laughs> which is nice. A little humbling might be actually excellent for him now that he becomes one of the older guys. Bobby Wood, 23 years old also, by the way. 23, very good, very good. Yeah, concentrate on your soccer not your haircut. Uh, and I think, you know, being in that relegation battle with Sunderland was a really good learning experience for Yedley, much better than riding the pine at Tottenham, which he inevitably would have done. So great experience. And there's even talk now that he'll get a permanent transfer to the Stadium of Light and another season or two in the Premier League, but with Sunderland rather than with Tottenham. And maybe that's his level. Uh, and there's no shame in that at all for an American regularly playing in the Premier League. Uh, congratulations to the BBC Women's Footballer of the Year, Kim Little, who plays for uh, Seattle here, a different Seattle team, the Seattle Rain FC, making, a, making a, I guess, national news, international news headlines, which is pretty cool. I saw that a bunch today as well. Now, Ross, the Sounders, you say, need to go after some players. I tried to get Chris Henderson to tell me who they were going after. He said he would not tell me uh, when I saw him <laughs> the other day. And, uh, but you you said that, uh, what was it, Nicholas uh, Ladero? Ladero. Ladero, yeah, that's Nicholas his name. Um, I wrote it down, but then I got it wrong. Nicholas Ladero, you said, is one of the guys that they're looking at. Uh, tell me about him. Yeah, we, we, we've we heard a lot of chatter that he's a player that Seattle are interested in and uh, a quality attacking midfielder in world terms, to be honest. Uh, he's had a lot of injury problems in the last four or five years, but he's a guy that plays for Boca Juniors, a glamour side in Argentina, and Seattle looks like they're pursuing him hard. A creative attacking midfielder type. Uh, apparently, according to, to the news reports in Argentina, he wants to move to America for the quality of life. Uh, and at that age, 27 now, and having played kind of infrequently throughout his career, but for big teams like Boca Juniors, for Ajax in the Netherlands, and for Corinthians in Brazil, he's a player that has more quality than MLS is used to. Just remains to be seen, I think, whether Seattle and Boca can work out a transfer fee because Seattle will have to pay uh, several million dollars to, to prize him away from Boca Juniors. But um, if they could, then he could be a decent signing. He should actually have been in the US this summer for, for the Copper America with his national team, Uruguay, but he's injured at the moment. He tore his meniscus and his left knee, uh. and he's he's been out for about a month and probably be out for another month or so, maybe even longer. And um, that means that he can't play for Uruguay. It would have been really cool to see him and then potentially get some scouting. Know, up close and personal on the guy, but he's certainly one of those that's really in the forefront of, of the Sounders' minds to try and sign and just get some creative spark going. How did he hurt himself? Oh, he hurt himself, um, I think, during a game, but there is a wonderful story about him a couple of years ago when he was about to make his debut for Corinthians, this, this much-vaunted Brazilian team. About two years ago, he was going to make his debut, and the night before his debut, he was taking a shower and in the shower, he had a soap dish and he accidentally knocked the soap dish onto one of his feet and the soap dish shattered on his foot. Oh, no. Cut him deeply. And the dude had to have stitches and was out injured because he broke his 
bone in his foot or something like that oh. on a flipping soap dish. <laughs> it just I goes mean, to, he couldn't make it up. It just goes to show that everyone is vulnerable, that we're all just human meat bags at some, at some level. Oh, I always <laughs> tell the story of an old Wimbledon goalkeeper in England called Dave Besson, big Dave Besson, who just hoofed the ball up field at any opportunity, that he broke his foot dropping a jar of salad cream, basically a jar of mayo, <laughs> on his foot. He's a goalkeeper, for heaven's sake. So it just goes to show it can happen to the best of us. But it'll be fascinating to see if they manage to sign this dude because he brings with him a lot of quality. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it would be a, an improvement for the team that, that is needing goals. As I said earlier, he's an attacking midfielder. He's not a guy who scored many goals in his career. For my money, the person they really need to focus on is a goal-scoring striker. Um, but that, as I say, remains to be seen whether they can figure that out as well. I can't believe you call it salad cream. That's hilarious. 